0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Matt Report podcast. As always, your host Matt. You can subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. It's the best way to join the mailing list. Stay connected and search for us on iTunes. Just search for Matt Report or even WordPress podcast, I think. Uh, We wanna continue to stay the number one rated WordPress podcast on iTunes. It would be amazing. Somewhere around 70, 75, five star reviews right now. We'd love to hit 100 by the end of 2016. And like we said in the last episode, that should be pretty damn easy, right? We've, we've probably got about 10 months left to get 25 or so reviews. I think we can do it. Uh, go ahead and find us in iTunes. That would be awesome. And today, I have an interesting guest, not somebody who's specifically focused in WordPress design or development, but he speaks to a lot of people. He talks to a lot of people and interviews a lot of people on his own podcast where I was a guest, the Businessology podcast, Jason Blummer. Jason, welcome to the show, my friend. Matt, thanks for having me, man. I wish let's see, I got about twenty-one uh iTunes
1: five star ratings on the businessology show. So if I could only have as many as you, it would be
0: awesome. <laughs> you you deserve way more, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. I probably don't ask people to do it enough, so oh well. Uh so today I'm I'm recording in my dining room, which is not the best audio quality, and I just I feel like it's a sin uh sitting here doing this uh with you with your prime time setup. <laughs> No, I'm
1: just glad to be here, man. I appreciate you having me. It was awesome having you on the Businessology show, and I'm pumped to hopefully share some wisdom for you know your many listeners.
0: Awesome. One of the things that you asked me on the show was, so how do you make a living? What do you do, right? And you know, here I am thinking that you know you're just this, you know unsuspecting podcast guy and then you go to jason com, and you're like holy shit this guy does a lot right? <laughs> i thought i did a lot this guy does about 10 times more so what do you do for a living uh yeah fill my, fill my listeners in
1: yeah so um i tell people i'm a starter not a finisher <laughs> so uh so i guess i've surrounded myself with a lot of good people so i have a number of businesses um like to start different businesses and you know as i get those off the ground i typically will bring in a partner or something like that or strong team members that'll kind of start leading some of the service um so i have three or four businesses um i run you know i write you know some ebooks and uh, i have two podcasts i've been doing podcasting for about five years um and I kind of I float on two sides. I really I'm a consultant and I speak to the CPA world. So how to run a firm more strategically, uh how to make money and price. And a lot of that uh rolls over into the world where I coach, which is for mainly design agencies, development agencies, marketing agencies. Um <clears throat> and so and speak on that side too. So is that, you know, word WordCamp? Um In Atlanta, that's what it's called, right? Word. Yes, sir. Yep. Word Word. camp. So, so, um, so yeah. Just I, I bridge two worlds, really. Consulting with CPA firms and then consulting with design and creative agencies. Really, it's
0: it's amazing. I I think it's the. it's just such an awesome strategy to be in that space and maybe you didn't specifically or maybe you maybe you did, but maybe you didn't specifically set out to say, hey, I'm going to talk to designer and developer folks and then on the back side of that sort of be able to offer my services but I think it's such a it's just an amazing crossroad that you sit in to be able to ab- absorb um, and really be boots on the ground in an, in an, in a world where I think that a lot of folks who might be CPAs, like you kind of think of. Uh, like I think of my math teacher from like high school, right? Is the <laughs> yeah, first like the yeah. first person that comes to my head? And oh I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, God, this is such a boring field and Excel sheets and charts and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and I see this and kind of going off on a tangent, but I see sort of people in that space, you know, following the likes of like uh, a Gary Vaynerchuk or yeah. you know some kind of high powered internet celebrity. And they're just thinking to themselves, oh, shit, you know, this is such a cut and dry field. It's kind of boring. How can I make it on the internet? I don't even get it. And I think that you found like a superb way in there. Was that sort of a strategy of yours or? Well, you know, I
1: guess, uh, yeah, I wasn't the math teacher guy. You know, I was in college. I had long hair and was in a rock band. So I'm like... <laughs> so 2 years into that, you know, playing in this rock group, I'm like, I think I'm supposed to major in something or something like that. And so <laughs> my dad was an accountant, so I picked that. So, you know, I really didn't do a lot of really good planning as I went into my career of being a CPA, but I did find as I w- I've been in, you know, public accounting, been a CPA for about 20 years, and I found you can you can actually be an entrepreneur and run a firm. Um it was hard to do at first because we started you know, changing some of the way we did things online about six or seven years ago. And then really technology started being built for our profession, like your profession. I mean, y'all are all about technology, but we're not. So we even had to wait sometimes for people to build certain kinds of tax products that our team can use in a browser-based you know, environment. You know, all that stuff was stored in huge servers in the back of some big closet uh, that kind of locked you into an office. But as that started changing, you just see, you know, opportunities and you start taking them. Um, and they were hard, and, but a lot of them paid off. So our firm is now, you know, we're virtual. Uh, we're exclusively committed to the, the creative uh, field and, you know, that's the only people we'll work with. And we, you know, we're fully value priced. We don't do any hourly billing. Um so a lot of those changes were hard in the profession of public accounting but um it's I don't know the world's changing we can really do things in a lot of different ways like I mean you were you're a developer but you're you know you're kind of known as a, a a podcaster now content all that you know so content and the way we can use that to leverage who we are and our brand it's just pretty mind blowing and it it helps even in the field of creative accounting
0: yeah one of the things, so, one of the things that sort of uh, I'm always looking at and find it interesting is, uh, and most listeners know that uh, we're expecting a child in July. So woohoo, congrats. We're, thank you. So we're, we're doing like the whole, like, you know, going to the doctors, going to the hospitals and all, mm. all those things. So it's funny. It's just, it's like in my world of like development and in, in client work, it's like we are expected to map everything out. Here are the stages, here are the phases, here are the milestones. Uh, This is what we're all gonna do, and as we go through, we're gonna check this stuff off. Do you like it, yes or no, Uh, Mr. or Mrs. Client? But then you go into all these other uh, career or areas, these professional areas, like medical, like accounting, and things aren't really like cut and dry, like development, right? right? It's not like on or off. It's always like, well, we don't know, and it's just like, well. This drives me crazy because it's like we're we're the ones that have to like sit there all day and go, yes, we're going to hit this mark under this hours, under these budget parameters. Yeah. Uh, And then you go into these other fields that are either governed by government or, you know, like taxes and insurance and medical. It's just like, wow, what a difference. No wonder. the technical entrepreneurs are looked at as disruptors Because I just feel like we can manage our industry a little bit better to some degree So it's just an interesting sort of contrast Yeah, what?
1: well, you know, it that that's really That is a hard part of being an entrepreneur And trying new things in a profession like ours Because it's regulated So I, I have a license that's regulated by state law And it's not a very restrictive license, thankfully But it is regulated So there are things you have to, you know, you have to obey the government in certain ways you have to renew your license you have to have so you know so much education and um I, I, but i think what what's happened is our profession and again we're talking about the cpa accounting nerdy world um, a lot of them make assumptions that because of those restrictions we can't innovate we can't create uh we have to do the same thing we've always done since the turn of the century and it's not true anymore we can actually live uh ethically within some regulations and still be very creative create content I mean you can do a podcast um, you can create communities for entrepreneurial accounting firm owners which is another business I have' um, it's, there's just so much we can do now and restrictions uh, just don't bar us as much as uh, we think uh, and some some you know some professions are even harder I think medical will probably even have more restrictions a lot of HIPAA based government, compliance things that would even apply to developers if they're trying to build you know online products for these medical uh, places but um, you can innovate at anywhere you are and when you lie to yourself and think you can't change the way things are that is no longer true Um, and I have an example can I share an example absolutely so as a CPA people go Wow, you're going into busy season, right? The busy season is tax season. Well, we didn't like that season, so we changed it. Um, and almost every firm, if you say, hey, just don't have a busy season, they'd be like, well, you're you're smoking weed. Of course, we have to have a busy tax season. But you don't have to. So we changed our model to where we serve agencies and the, the owners. We don't serve just individual tax clients anymore. And those are the ones that drive the busyness of a season, Uh, Because you don't know them except one time a year they come and dump all their paper on you and you do – tax. we said no more. We're not going to do that anymore. And so it's very disruptive to the business model. It changes your cash flow. But if you do it right, now we just don't – we don't have a tax season. Uh, But there are assumptions surrounding professions, and there's assumptions surrounding yours. And probably even people listening are going, those assumptions are causing me to do things the way I learned at some agency I left – that is totally not true anymore. You can almost change any business model, pricing model, team model, uh, any way you want. It's hard, and it is disruptive, but it's often very worth it. Uh, the long-term uh, payoffs are awesome.
0: Yeah. Let's, so, talk, let's talk about that real quick. Sure. Uh, one of the last episodes that I listened, because I am a faithful listener, by the way. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> one of the last uh, agencies you spoke to um, – You know, I I think it was about uh, he was a creative agency out in L.A. and he had to fire his biggest client, which took up 80 percent of his revenue uh, or or excuse me, you know, generated 80 percent of his revenue. But, you know, for specific reasons, kind of like what you're saying is we're saying no to this type of client in my space. Uh, The folks that listen here, just like the folks who listen to your podcast, they're Mm -hmm. looking at it going, you know what? I'm done with the $1,500, $500 $500 website. Like it just doesn't make business sense to me anymore. Um, You know, there's fear that goes along with that. But are there any like, you know, actionable advice you could say to sort of, you know, squash that fear from somebody saying, you know what? I'm only going to take on $10,000 projects from (laughs) from here on out. Yeah. What kind of advice can you give for that person?
1: Well, I mean, that – okay, that is a process. So one thing – so one of my specialties is I help agencies grow. And I've practiced growing companies a lot. I've grown a number of mine. I've also run some in the ground. <laughs> and so and have gone in the debt and they went out of business. So um so I've had a lot of experience growing companies and I you know I even still do things wrong and can't see my own issues. But um in in growing a company it takes uh it takes time, it's a process. And so I'm learning um yeah, if if you know where you are now and you're selling sites for fifteen hundred dollars and you wanna get to ten thousand Depending on your size, the number of team you have, and the type of clientele you work with, that could take two to three years to do. So, uh, sit back and let's let's work through it. But you can make the change. Um, there's a lot of issues. There's the confidence you have in selling the sites. Like you wake up one day, I'm going to sell ten thousand dollar sites when you've never done it. It's it's a whole another game because now the client's expecting you know many many multiples of value in return. As opposed to a fifteen hundred dollar site, um, so you got to know how to sell that. Um, you got to know how to get rid of the old clients because when you begin selling to larger clients, you've kind of you've kind of cut your client base in half, which basically means I have legacy clients and they all understand me to be a low priced provider, and now I'm selling to larger agencies and they they now understand me to be some high value thing that I that I'm trying to pitch into them. So you've got different clients with different perceptions. And so eventually it's it's often healthy to move the, the older ones out, but they're cash flow, so you gotta be careful how you move them out. Uh, typically you would move them out as you bring one in. So if you bring in a ten thousand dollar site, you can move out two or three of, of the smaller ones. And typically if you've done those fifteen hundred dollar sites, now they they're the ones that annoy you with those maintenance requests that are just just asinine <laughs> it's like please I, it's WordPress I, you can do that yourself would you please leave me alone um, but one site can cover three or four of those small requests uh, but it just it just takes time I've done that multiple times I've you know churned our client base two or three times in the time that I've worked meaning, We had one client base one year, and it took three years to change it. It's now one whole new one, and then we changed it again probably over the next three or four years. And it's just as we learn and we serve larger agencies, we have to move some of the smaller ones out uh, because it affects how our team serves. Our team serving small requests from small agencies is much different when they're doing a full controllership daily commitment to a team to a, an agency so you have to you know consider how what the impact on your team is when you sell to different types of clients so i guess my, my biggest advice is hey sit back and let's let's do it the right way which means take your time um obviously i'm i'm a coach to agencies so i think uh, having a coach is very helpful uh that, that knows all the potholes that you're going to run into um but that's even an investment too um but so I don't know. Take
0: take your time.
1: <laughs> I guess that's my summary of all that. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's great stuff because a lot of people think that everything is just going to happen, you know, one after the other. And, uh, you know, the chips will fall in the order that they expect them to and all that fun stuff. I mean, it takes time. And one of the biggest things I think is uh, just being able to – what doesn't take time, uh, in fact, is – You know, just digging down and saying what I'm capable of right now, what my Mm. even my small team is capable of right now Mm. is looking at that and saying, I am 110 percent confident in what we can do right now. Mm. Um, And really and really looking at that as valuable, because a lot of folks, I think, as they're trying to scale, even when I'm thinking back like three, four years, like as they're trying to scale and ask for more dollars. Inside them, they're thinking, well, Jesus, we could never charge 5000 We could never right. charge $10,000. Yeah. Uh, when, in fact, you probably can. Uh, right. and, and you just have to get to the right person who uh, does f- find that valuable. And I, I'm working on a project right now where uh, sort of our line in the sand for 2016 is to be as profitable as we can mm-hmm. uh, faster. Right, yeah. So we found ourselves uh, at, with a real capable team and as we get into the bigger clients, we're bumping heads with other agencies and boutique agencies going, huh, I would, mm. we, we would have never built it that way. I, <laughs> I don't even think they even know what they're doing. How did they get $75,000 for this,
1: right? <laughs> so your confidence level is going right. up. So, so
0: this confidence spike is now going through the roof. And now we're saying, okay, you know cool. what? We can we can charge we can charge more, uh, and which is going to bring us into the fifty to sixty thousand dollar range for sure this year. Mm, nice. And, and we're a small team. Now, uh, I, I, again, I bring that up because I think a lot of folks are lacking that confidence. Uh, and what you said before is, you're trying different things. You're churning sort of old clients. And what I like to say is, you know, you're casting a net off the back of a fishing boat, and you're pulling in these fish. And sometimes. Too small, throw them back. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, others are, hey, this is just right. I'm going to try this, and then sometimes you stumble upon a new one, and you're like, well, let's go fishing for those, right? Yeah. And you yeah. might, and you might not like what you get when you go fishing for those eventually, but at least you tried. And I think that people have to find a balance between what they know they can do and finding new stuff at the same time. Sometimes it's chaos. Sometimes it's chaotic. Uh, yeah. But it has to be done.
1: Well, it's part of. It's all part of the process. I mean, just all the stuff you're talking about is is how to grow a company. Uh, one thing I've learned is that growing a company is a very experimental uh, behavior. Um, so there's you and and especially in you know your profession, there's a lot of. Ooh, they're better than me, or they're the speaker, and and you know nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> that's and, correct. And in fact, that's actually how you build a business. Uh, the way you build a business is you uh, you you come up, you innovate new services, you you place a price on those, and you try to go sell those to people that may perceive new value in those. It's a big fat experiment. Nobody knows. Uh, nobody knows how that affects your business model, your cash flow. You, you don't know till you get into it. Uh, now, what you may know is what you've been doing, right? You, like, I know how to sell. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, twenty-five dollar plugins per month, or I don't know, but you sell them for more. So. Uh, moving into that new area to sell a plug-in for a different price, a more value-added type price, maybe you're going to put some service on the back end of that that they typically don't get with other plug-in providers or something like that. You don't, you just don't know the way forward. And I guess I would want everybody to understand that um, nobody knows what they're doing. Um, if, if they're growing a company right, they're actually trying new things that they don't know if they'll work yet. Yes. And that is the sign of a great owner. Uh, now – one thing I've always done wrong is I've, those are risks. Basically, what we're talking about is taking risks. And uh, if you're a business owner, you're required to take risks. That's how you create new value and create new profit. Um, but if you can take risks that are not good, which I have, I like to do that. And so I'm learning to not do that. I have a partner that balances me and helps me not take those risks so that I've been running businesses f- for so long that. I can almost identify the risks I'm going to take that are going to work now. But that's a that's a skill you learn over time. Uh, so I guess I, I just want everybody to, to not think somebody else has it figured out because that is not true. That's why you see some agency that you love and you go, wow, they're amazing. And then they like close their doors and you're like, uh, huh? It confuses us because we had some presumptions about them that they had it all figured out. Um, and your world is all about a nice sight that perceives great value on the front of it when really but internally it's still hard. It's still hard for everybody. And none of us still – we don't know what we're doing. We're all trying new things. So uh, I just – I don't want anybody to be confused that they think somebody else has it figured out. It's just not true.
0: Right. And and in this space, at least in the WordPress world and the circles that I run in, there's an inherent health factor uh, mm-hmm. to all of this, right? Because there are people, uh, and you know, even me, I'm looking at some – like year-end reports from people because they're all sort of posting them now, right? And oh yeah, that's oh, the yeah. other interesting thing about our space. Like we're also open, right? And we're talk- oh, yeah, talking yeah, about which one So like you're seeing like people that are like you know doing like three hundred thousand dollars for their first year of selling plugins, and you're thinking to yourself well, what the hell did they do, right? <laughs> that got them to 300,000. like, yeah. and, and, and we've been doing it for three years and we can't yeah. even get to 100,000. Yeah. And you really start to question yourself. And if you are somebody who just looks at all of that stuff, y- you really start getting down on yourself. To, and it's not it's not a good thing because we're all siloed working on our own little digital worlds. We're not showing up to the commuter rail every day, going to a big, big box uh, job. Uh, we're all by ourselves in our home or in our coffee shop. Yeah. And yeah. these things can take a toll. Uh, I think. Uh, Oh, no. Not to get off on a tangent.
1: No, but it, but you know, it just, it just highlights something that uh, like that, you know, that agency that does plugins only, maybe they reach 300,000. They're different from you because maybe they're not serving clients in a high value way where you're building these sites, you're building plugins you use in your own company. And you're like, Hey, does anybody else want to buy this? So that's not your main business model from, from, Understand, you might correct me, but um, of course, of course, your cells of plugins are going to look different. But you know what? We just compare, mm. and we're like, I suck, and they're awesome, <laughs> and that's so dangerous. Yeah, yep. it really screws with your head in a big way. And yep. you gotta—I mean, you gotta be careful about that stuff because it can—it can put you in the dumps. You're like, screw this, I'm going to go get a job. Mm. And no, maybe you—you sh- you are the—you're the person that should be running a company because you can weather through. Uh, those ups and downs. And it's all required. Yeah. You've got to hang in there for the long haul to build a good business.
0: Let's explore, uh, as a good segue, hopefully, uh, is some of the biggest hurdles that you've heard other, uh, either boutique agencies or freelancers, bring to your own show or consulting practice. Um uh, you know, a little preface to this is the number one thing that I, I got from you, which I think I told you on your podcast is the, the whole belief document, right? Mm, yeah. What we believe in and getting the communication down with the customer as fast as possible. So, yeah. that, so there are no surprises. I know that was one for, for us. Um, but what else? What else have you found in your journey of talking to folks that, that they really struggle with? Yeah. Well,
1: you know, we uh, we specifically try to um, interview agencies, and I co- we we specifically try to coach agencies too in my firm that are growing, uh, and that understand you know how how the heaviness of growth. Um, and I would say probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, and one of the most wonderful things I've ever done, is built a team uh, that's just been. That's just another exercise in thinking you're an idiot uh, and then thinking you're so awesome. Uh, just so much emotions goes into building a team. But I can say uh, without a doubt, if a large agency is doing really well and making a lot of money, they are they have figured out how to leverage a team. Uh, and you're going to find in that agency the owner has stopped doing work. They don't micromanage people. Uh, they hire people that are smarter than them. Uh, and probably as the CEO, they really don't know every detail that's going on in the company. And I know that sounds weird, but there gets there gets a point for an agency that's large enough to where the owner has had to say, all right, I'm going to divest my brain of the details and things that I just can't keep in my head now that we have 20 people on our team. And I'm going to go focus on the things I'm supposed to do, which is be the face of the agency. I do the selling and pricing typically at that level. Uh, but a lot of times... They're moving into leadership roles where they're really trying to help uh, their team uh, become better at what they do. And that's kind of the level I'm at now. So the way we sell is I bring agencies in, we do a kickoff, and then I hand that relationship off to one of our CPAs. Um, And then from that point on, the CPA is the lead. They're in control And my job and my partner's job is to move all barriers out of the way of our team to blow the minds of our clients. So I am at their service, and it's – you know a lot of owners resent that, but I'm like, listen, whatever I have to do to help make your job easier, let me know. And so they know. They call on me. They tell me kind of what to do. They say, here's where I need support, and I step up and do kind of what my team tells me to do because we're leveraging a team of smart people – That are smarter than me and they're now on the front line of giving that service to that client so i need them to have no distractions uh, no barriers to service in their way and i'm the owner i'm the one who is legally able to remove those barriers Uh, like we just had a team their mac laptop just kept dying they're going to apple to the genius bar i said we're done (laughs) new laptops on the way stop thinking about it stop changing the battery stop going to your friend trying to find out what is it you know you are now focused on a piece of hardware and i really don't want you to focus on that i want you to focus on the client and so um leveraging a team is really hard it's it plays mind games with you but the big agencies do it well um the big agencies are you have no choice but to leverage a team so if you struggle with hiring struggle with uh you want to micromanage everybody you want to know everything that's going on um you're going to probably struggle in growing a company mm. um so and that's that's a big that's a big struggle but that's probably going to be the truth
0: yeah one of the things that because uh, i know some of the the responses that people will have is especially the freelancers that are out there wanting to grow a team or even bring on a partner is mm. how can I afford this, right? Mm, yeah. um, especially in, our, in, in the WordPress space, the, you know, I hate using the term, and a lot of people do, but it's WordPress rock star, right? Everybody's like, hey, I wanna find a WordPress rock star, which goes beyond just knowing WordPress, but it's about developing for WordPress and developing for yeah. the stack of WordPress, mm-hmm. right? And I've had interviews with these people, and they are like, yeah, I'm a WordPress rock star, uh, I'm $150 <laughs> an hour and um my regular and that's my rate to an agency my regular rate to my customers 175, right mm. so you're thinking to yourself well there's no way i can hire you on right. a you know 60 hour project for that price right. because we've just lost money right right so right. um the best advice i've always had uh, and the way i've only done it is uh to recruit people who are uh you know i don't want to say inexperienced but You know, they're either junior developers or they're just getting into it. And my A A people on my team sort of coach them up a little bit, right? Yeah. Bring bring in the resources that they lack or the knowledge that they lack in some supportive role. But to be super honest with the people that we're bringing on and say, hey, look, uh, we can't pay you top dollar. Quite honestly, you might not be worth top dollar, and I think, and I think you know that because that's why we're having this conversation. Um, but just just know that you know we're a small team, we're like family, and we're here to help you get better at all areas um that's been the only way that i've been able to do it i don't know if that's you know, the smartest we, way to do no, it we not. do
1: yeah we do listen we do the same thing I, I even wrote a post the other day or not the other day but last year sometime called no rock stars and it was really about um we we don't hire rock stars and whatever the connotation you think that means um yeah we we hi- <clears throat> excuse me we hire for the fit of our culture um number one that's we have to hire for the fit uh, of our culture and collaboration among our team is really important and that that means a whole lot of things and we have onboarding for the team where we explain what that means but everybody on our team is going to be doing a lot more than their job they're going to be commenting on the pricing i'm creating our processes like them how would you change them um, here's what I would like to see us do as a firm. Hey, you sold a new service, Jason, but we don't know how to fulfill and execute that service. So when you do that again, why don't you try this? So you know we we require them to be that. So we're looking for really great people, not great CPAs. Right um, now they're they're going to be pretty technical in nature, and they have to have some technical uh, abilities to do what we do, just like in your profession. But yeah, trying to find the rock stars um, is often not. I don't think that's the best way to build a team. It's not the most economical because you got to pay this huge rate and you may not even get the value out of that rate you're paying to that rock star, especially if they want to be left alone in the corner with their headphones on, which you can't do in our firm. We need everybody talking and spending time together. So um, I, I like how you do it. I like finding maybe the little less experienced people. What we did is we found a group of people in the country, since we're virtual, we hire all over the country, that... Um, are undervalued and that's stay-at-home moms um, and that's that's our hiring pool now finding them is hard but we know who they are and these people i mean they have some young kids at home but they are amazing mm. um but they can't work in a traditional firm so we found them. they they want to work but they can't because they have young kids at home or something and we go after them. we say we have the place for you uh, you are fully autonomous. You are not controlled. You are not managed in any way. We don't even know what you're doing, <laughs> you, you know. And we pay you a percentage of the revenue that our clients pay us, and that means you'll get paid pretty well for a part-time job. Um, and so we found a hiring pool of people that are perfectly fit the type of culture we're trying to build. Um, and that's we just kind of go after them now. Uh, we just kind of stumbled on that and kind of figured it out. Um, but if you can find a group of people like. I don't know if there's some – they're younger people, less experienced, but maybe they just came out of some uh, tech school or startup or something that really gave them some pretty solid foundation of learning. Uh, Maybe they're the ones you can kind of train up uh, to become a great team member inside of your culture. So. I don't know. Culture's more important than technical abilities to
0: Yeah, me. I, I, I 100% agree, especially to the note about what you said about uh, the typical rock star puts his or her headphones on and they go into the corner and they're like, you know, call me when I'm, call, I'll call you when I'm done, <laughs> Right? right is, what, yeah. is what they say. Right. Uh, and, and it's certainly like, I, I've run into that so many times uh, that it's just infuriating because it's like, wow, you charge so much money, but, uh, you know, the level of service, like, sure, you, you put out a good product at the end of the day, yeah. but- it was just like, ugh, <laughs> just like yeah. no other way to, to describe it. Yeah, um, no, it's not fun. No, it's not. What else? One, one other thing that you think that folks run into a lot uh, in their boutique agencies or agencies in yep. general?
1: Yeah, I would probably, well, yeah, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of times people are doing things that they could get paid for uh, that they're actually not getting paid for. Um, so it might not be that you need to create a new service. Uh, and try to charge money or or even double the price for a website or something like that, it might be that um, you're good at doing discovery in a conversation with a client about what they really need. Uh, and th- that is a that is a discovery session. I think you can actually switch up the way you do things and say, you know what, everybody that comes into our agency has to go through a discovery session. Actually, all we do is talk, (laughs) and we probe the brain of the client, and we help them come to an understanding of what they do, and we're going to start pricing that thing. Um, So I guess I would want everybody to understand that if you're delivering any kind of value at all, then that has a price. Um, And a lot of times we do this, and your profession does this, but we bundle a lot of things, right? It's like we're going to sell a weapon. When you're doing four or five things, which are very, very valuable, you know, the, the discovery conversations up front are ext- they're maybe the most valuable, you know, to really find out what is our target that we're trying to reach. Uh, the design is a huge, you know, part of, you know, trying to, um, you know, that brings huge amounts of value. The development is another huge piece. Well, these all have value. And when we kind of dump them in one box sometimes and just give them away, it's like, uh, you know, we're 1500 bucks When really, Sometimes if you just separate those out a little bit and you start making your client walk through the process of consuming those services separately in order, um, you can get them to pay for those separately. And oftentimes when they go through the first one, like a discovery session that they have to pay for or something like that, when they walk into the design – the discovery ob- obviously informs the design in a huge way. So now the design is extremely more valuable because you were smart enough as a business owner to require the purchase of discovery before design. And so now design is more valuable simply because they purchased the first thing. So value now is increasing sometimes just by breaking your services into steps and phases. Um and then pricing it in a different way. Um, you know, you can't always do that. Not every client's going to do it because they're comparing you to the last, you know, web company that screwed them over or something for, you know, they can get an $80,000 website for the two grand they paid them or something like that. And you got, you're got you always going to deal with clients like that. But the right client who values you and trusts you, um, you could probably price more just because you're giving things away that are all bundled together, mm. I've seen. Yeah. so. That's
0: often true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, um, you know, the the design and, and excuse me, the discovery process, uh, you know, I I think I'd I'd probably say that's the hardest thing for most folks to balance Mm. between. It is hard. How much value they give out during that for free, right? Yeah. Like where it almost becomes a a free consultation kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, versus trying to stay tight lipped during that conversation yeah, right and just be like well talking and not not telling you anything cool right right i'm not gonna tell i'm (laughs) not gonna tell you anything right so it it just it 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 is amazing and and again like i've just been on this kick of the gary v uh daily podcast uh and he actually just had a conversation with a client of mine that oh (laughs) wow that he brought in now again massive client I had a small little uh, uh, sub portion (laughs) of this client. That's pretty cool, though. Come and hire me, but the overall brand went to him, and he's and they're in the video, and he's having a conversation with them about what they should do. And I'm I'm just assuming that's for their for their overall marketing for the entire brand, Um, but he's like throwing out advice, like here's what I would do. And I see them all like in this video writing it down. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, boy. That's just like what a lot of people do to me. Right? Yeah. They, they come in and they start like writing everything down. They say, hey, thanks for the conversation, Matt, but we're gonna hire another firm. Yep. Um, or they're gonna hire a bigger firm, um, yeah. which actually oftentimes I lose to a bigger firm just because they're a bigger firm. Um, so it's just yeah. amazing just to, to kind of see like Gary Vee at that level, 600 employee agency, you know, well known, mm. obviously, but still oh, doing yeah. the same things that we do in conversations. It's yeah. no different. Right. It's yeah. Different. No.
1: Well, and of course, he's he's now a personality, you know. So he's he's got a, he's producing content for that video. So that's part of what he's doing. Who knows what he does in a real? I don't know. Was that a video of a real client yeah. meeting? No, I don't it, know. Maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's his it's his daily v thing, right? And uh, it's just okay. Like, it's like they follow him around all day, and they go into real meetings with him, and it was it was legit. Well, okay. <laughs> so okay, so I listen to his
1: podcast. I might not see. I not. Have, might not have seen that one yet, yeah. but um, yeah, I, don't, I just would not suggest that just because Gary V does it. <laughs> right, right. No, absolutely. I, did, I mean, the, you know, I don't think. Um, he, here Here's what I think. I think the first conversation that you have with a client, we call that a value conversation. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out what do you value and what do you need? What are your pain points? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do we have what you need and are we aligned? Uh, and are you the buyer? Are you the one that can make the decision and write me a check? Um, if not, we don't need to spend a lot of time annoying each other and kind of playing games. So let's get all let's get to that real quick. If we have to say what's your budget, if we have to whatever we have to do to say how can we help you uh, and get to an answer, then we either move on from that client uh, or we sell them our next phase, which is we require all clients to go into a discovery session with us. Uh, and you, you know, as I guarantee, you will know more about what you need than before you came to us. So a lot of times. Uh, When you're making – you can make promises uh, that kind of support your positioning Mm. and your price. Um, And a lot of times when I begin coaching with agencies, I ask them, what are the promises you're making to your clients? And a lot of them are – they're not making any promises. And I I don't – you know, maybe that's not bad, but but, but I think that's one way to persuade a client that you can help them. Uh, And the promises don't have to be it's the best website in the world. You know, none of that. It's really – it's things you know you can deliver, right? Um, and it is um, we we can tell people now if I if we coach you, you're going to grow smarter and probably faster than if we didn't coach you. And that there's the statement, and they have to consume it and it believe it or perceive it or not. And if they don't, then it's a good statement for them to move on or to go, wow, you made that promise. Uh, okay, show me the price. Uh, that goes along with that promise. And we'll see if we want to purchase those services from you. So um, I think a lot of us should be more clear about what we're offering. Uh, We should make promises about that. We should assign prices to our services. I love that. Um, And a lot of people are changing. Instead of saying, how much is a website? Instead of saying, I'm 75 an hour, actually telling them um, and, you know, you, you need to do some discovery to find out what that price is, right? Because you get, you got to find out a lot about that client. Um, well, then do the work. Do your work. Charge them for that. That's valuable, too. Uh, uncovering what it is they need in the build of that site. Um, so, I don't know. I love making promises, uh, and I love letting them perceive the value and the weight of those promises, uh, comparing those to the price that I then share with them. Uh, I love that. It's very helpful.
0: Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's one of the things about about this field, um, maybe unlike yours, like when we talked earlier about sort of like the regulation and, and staying true to the government and all this fun, fun stuff that mm-hmm. you have to do. The agency world, you could go at any point and sell a $100,000 contract, a $200,000 contract, providing the same things that you were doing for $5,000 right. a year ago, right? That's right. It's uh, a trip. And, and it's not to say that you're uh, you know, sort of just robbing money from this, from this company, but you're providing right. a level of value that they perceive uh, to be worth that amount of money, and you're delivering on it as well. That's you, right. You, you cannot. You can't not deliver, <laughs> right. uh, uh, you still got to do, do the work, but y- y- what happens is you come with with either five, 10, 15 years of experience that you know better than anyone else, uh, and, and that's the amazing thing about agency work. Um, and that and that's what makes it fun for me, right? So a lot of people try to stuff it inside of a box mm. at times, uh, whereas I think that you can be more creative and sign bigger contracts from finding that confidence, having a better sales pitch, doing a better job at onboarding, and really being true to the client. I, I I think anyway. Yeah, well, I
1: I do I totally agree, and I think a lot of people are not being paid what they could be paid if they just had the confidence to to raise their price. I think I think probably a lot of your listeners are already doing the things that. Uh, that represent a higher value they're mm. just not putting a higher price on it exactly. and i know it's hard i know that is hard i've, I've sometimes i'll pick a client and i'll go i'm going to lose this one cuz i'm going to play around with the price and i'll double the price and i'll just see how they react and you know maybe i won't win them but i'm learning things through my pricing and we need to experiment that way but Um, I do think a healthy agency is always considering their pricing and probably always raising their pricing in some way um, because what they're doing is they're always testing – you know, the the value that their market will absorb, mm. uh, you know, and you always have to be testing what that ceiling of your price is. And the only way to do it is just to kind of throw it out there and kind of, you know, clench your butt cheeks together and hope they don't, you know, vomit their milk out of their nose or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. when they say it. But, you know, you'll learn so much about yourself. Um, you know, you learn so much about the client. Uh, you'll learn what you have to do to be able to double your price. Mm. Uh, it's just re- pricing is so, so intimate and so important. It teaches yeah. you so much about yourself and really how valuable you are. So,
0: yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing, it's a reassurance to hear you say this, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing and let me just spin the table on you like you do to folks on your podcast. So, yeah. what, so, so what I'm hearing in this conversation is, <laughs> uh, oh, oh crap. is, is you're staying right. It's, it's staying dynamic, um, you know for lack of a better word right now staying dynamic throughout this entire process day after day like just because you mm. you wrote your contract it doesn't mean that contract's going to be the same in 6 months no uh, i know it's different for me we just changed it um yeah. you know your pri- your prices are dynamic building the team is dynamic yes there's a balance of chaos and i guess if you ever find yourself feeling like i'm pretty comfortable i get all my processes down uh everybody just checks the box as we go along and things are moving uh there's something wrong (laughs) that's right well you're
1: probably if you're doing that you're probably not a growing company right growing companies are always bouncing the chaos uh, because you're always creating some new thing trying some new thing experimenting with some new thing and you know um the the bigger you get you, you find out that the owner's job that's the owner's job so now my job is to innovate I have to think of new stuff, create a new price, create a new service. I got to just make crap up, sure. Uh, and I, and that that goes over into the areas of content too. So I am responsible for producing blogs and content and webinars and things like that. But um, ultimately, when you get large enough, that's what the owner does. They stop. They don't work. They innovate, uh, and the the team does the work. I mean that you didn't build. You did, You are not buying yourself a job so you can work right if you own your own company ultimately now not not everybody's that way and that's fine i'm just saying if you if you have your own company and you want to grow that company uh you're you're not in it to be a developer forever you're in it to build an enterprise and leverage an amazing team that can do development a lot better than you can um what people won't do is they're scared to take the risks of owning a business that's that's where that's the that's the different kind of people. And I've heard you know Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, he says about five percent of the population, you know, is that entrepreneurial uh, in nature. They're the ones who will take the risk. Most people will not, and you can leverage those people mm. uh, as you grow your company. But you got to stop working. Yeah. <laughs> and, and start selling and innovating and pricing and trying new things that that'll be your job as your company gets bigger
0: yeah well i i want my guys to certainly listen to this podcast because because i'm gonna see look guys when i come in with a crazy idea that's every, right every two weeks i'm doing it right you think that's i'm right. doing that's it wrong you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right that's right you should not be in a corner
1: developing though though you have to i still have to do technical work yes. i'm not saying See that's the balance that's thing. The balance. Now everybody's going to go, "Oh, he doesn't have to work. I one day I don't want to have to work." That's right. not what you're supposed to hear. You're supposed to hear, I, "I clean the toilets, too." Right. I clean them a lot less than I used to, and I know I should not be cleaning them though I often have to. Right. It's right. just a mindset of being a business owner. Uh, yes, you have to do development. Other people are better than you. But sometimes you got to step in when you lose a person and you just got to deliver the crap for the client so they don't you know, sue you. Right. That happens. But your job is to innovate, create new things, experiment, try new things, leverage a team, support them uh, and sell right that's the stuff you got to be doing
0: and we're doing this because we want the toilets to be there next year and right. the year after that <laughs> right we like toilets so. right. <laughs> <laughs> um that's an awesome talk about the agency stuff i i want to now just really quickly talk about the podcasting stuff um, yeah you know cool. because uh, I, I i don't even remember how i came across your podcast it might have been like in a retweet i think and i was just like hmm what is this show about? Because I mm. think you were asking like a, a general question to the audience and, you, and uh, you put it out there. I'd have to go back to just find out what show that was, what episode number that was. Mm. And I uh, wrote in a question and you guys answered the question on the show and I was like, these guys are awesome. They know exactly what they're talking about. Yes, <laughs> right? And, I, and I've been a fan for life, but what I mean, how do you like, I don't even know, like is there anything you want to say? About, oh, you know what? Let's, let's talk about this how difficult it is to be a podcaster in today's world. We were talking about it before the show started. Yeah. We got people like celebrities now doing their podcast, Tim Ferriss. Like yeah. how do we keep up uh, and how do we stay relevant in people's ears when all of these big names are coming out now? What do, what do we yeah. do?
1: Well, you know, that's, yeah, it's, it's a mind game too. So I've been podcasting for about five years which is, you know, in the podcasting world, that's some pretty long history. Yes, um, so now, the businessology show's only been around a, a couple of years, but I've been doing an accounting type, cutting edge type accounting podcast because there are none of those, as you can imagine, <laughs> or there there weren't any when I started five years ago, um, and so I've been doing it a long time, and I think w- what I'm learning because I have five years of history is that podcasting is just it's like any other kind of content creation it is about being just consistent showing up day in day out through the good shows the crappy shows wishing they were all amazing but really you know fighting through the feeling of crap nobody's tweeting about the last episode i thought was amazing and really just fighting through the mental barriers of Really, truly, because I think podcasters want to give some good stuff away. They really want people to go, "Oh my gosh, I'm being changed by this information." And you know, you don't get that feedback a lot, and so it's a, it's a there's a void of feedback typically in podcasting. And so what I do is I've really just settled in my own mind that this podcasting is making me a better coach, and if the only person it changes is me and the person I'm talking to, that is that's plenty of value if anybody listens and gets anything extra then that's just you know icing on the cake um and and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna keep doing it forever through the crap the good you know dan mall had to leave that sucked he was amazing um (laughs) so you know mentally trying to push through doing it on my own I i changed it up a little bit but that was mentally hard to do right um and I've just had to consistently push through that, um, but we've moved it to be more consistent, so it's twice a month now. And it's just—it's a huge time commitment. Oh yeah, um, you know, just huge. But and if you get some sponsors, which not everybody does, and that's okay, uh, then you can hire an audio engineer to kind of put all the stuff together, you know, because that's all pretty time-consuming and show notes and just—it's hard. Yeah, uh, to do, but it's worth it for me. Uh, and it, do, I think it does help some people. Even if I don't hear them tweeting how awesome it is, that's okay. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I don't do that too. I listen to a lot of podcasts, just like you, and I don't always go to every one of them. You're amazing. I love you, <laughs> and which
0: they would love
1: it if I did that, right? But I don't. Right. Yeah, but I'm still getting tons of information out of their stuff. So somebody yeah. out there is listening, and I'm just going to have to trust that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Well, how do you feel? Is that how you feel about it? At, is it a mental game for
0: you? It is definitely a mental game. And again, um, I mean, just just thinking back about the the impact that even your show, as you know, the businessology show, as as, as short of a time as it's been around, and a short time that I've been listening, it's had a, a pretty big impact um, of me listening to that and like seasons. When you guys brought up seasons, mm, yeah, and then you guys, I've always obviously I've always known what seasons were, and and but then when you guys okay, we're taking a season season break, we're taking like whatever it was, two months off or the summer off, I forget what it was, and yeah. I was like. God damn, that's genius, right? Yeah.
1: Well, Dan came up with that, and I thought that is genius. I loved it. Yeah. Right.
0: Amazing. Uh, and and just and doing things like that, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the things. I I there's actually a lot of WordPress podcasts. Amazingly uh, enough, as uh, it is that kind of weird to see. like, like I always make a joke, like the the in person joke that I always tell when I uh, either speak locally or do like mentorship stuff locally is, uh, you know. I'm am a host of a WordPress podcast. It's like the highest rated podcast on i uh, WordPress podcast on iTunes. It doesn't get me any reservations at any local restaurants. <laughs> no, <laughs> no right? it doesn't. Like nobody cares about a WordPress podcast, right? No. Um, you know, so yeah. it's, it's just funny to see the difference of like online versus offline, but you're absolutely right. It sort of goes into this, you know, deep, dark void of, are people listening? Do they yeah. care? And not until you show up to like a word camp where people are like, man, I love the podcast. And when I hear that, yeah. um, that's what you're keeps like, it, that's what keeps yeah. it going for me.
1: You're like, wow, people, you know, people are listening. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's. I think you know it's you got to be pretty consistent. Like I listen to one guy, his name's Todd Henry. He he you know writes books about uh, just you know being a leader and running a company. And he he comes from an agency background. Well, he's he's had a podcast for ten years. Wow! And you know just I'm I'm extremely impressed. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know any human who's had a podcast for ten years uh, that is. I mean, he's had to just stick through the ups and downs of uh, content creation. Um, but you know, in podcasting, we you have to try new things. Um, you know, I when I, I I changed the Businessology show to be a coaching type podcast because that's what helps me. And I, almost I can't help it, but I type notes when I when I coach, and people are like, "Stop typing in I, the background." I was going to ask you and, that question. Yeah, <laughs> and I get that feedback, so I'm hearing. Hey, the typing's annoying the crap out of me. The show is so awesome. If you would shut up typing, I will just love the show. And, you know, you hear that and you feel beat up. And But they're right. And so now I'm stopping and I'm having to write these notes somewhere because it's driving me crazy. Uh, but now, even the one I, I released yesterday, the Businessology show, uh, was a, a great show. I'm not taking notes. So. <laughs> but you know what? You freaking try stuff. Right. You're, right. not gonna, you're not going to kill somebody. Uh, it's, it's not going to kill you. Try things. Listen to feedback. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person. Right. Just change it up. Get better, and and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, as a pod, as a fellow podcaster, like I'm I'm usually listening to podcasts when I'm like working out like doing stuff outside or like shoveling snow or yeah. stuff like that. Recently, right? And like I, I I'll always chuckle because I'll hear you typing, and then and then I can tell you're like trying to finish your note and then ask a question at the same time, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. right, Hold on, let me just finish this. And, Let's go, okay. <laughs> Gotta finish my thought, yeah. Okay, right. I got it. And so anyway, I'm trying to I'm trying
1: to change for the listener yeah. audience because now they're kind of the customer even though they're not paying there i'm doing it for them so um so i've stopped everybody okay yeah. for the
0: feedback. <laughs> let's see some five stars now yeah I'm i stopped. know that's right going, going over to <laughs> businessology search for him on itunes and give him some five stars there you go um all right jason this has been an awesome episode this is awesome. I, I feel like you like we've run out of time i want to talk about so much more stuff <laughs> I know, man. it was good well
1: i don't get to talk to people about podcasting that's yeah. pretty that's a it's a it's a whole different world so yeah. it, and you've been doing it for a long time. How long yeah, have you been well, podcasting?
0: Th- almost three years now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you, I mean, you've got some history. That's yeah. that's long in the podcasting
0: world. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Yes, sir. It's,
1: and you, you fill every episode, right? Yeah, you feel every and
0: And just like you said before, like you see people starting podcasts, and you're like, man, look at that podcast. It's so awesome. And then in six yeah. months, it's gone. It's, it's gone, <laughs> yeah.
1: And you're like, yeah, these are harder than you think. Yeah. So, But, you know. I At least a, you're trying new things. So. I had an
0: interview lined up with another podcaster, and he never responded. Like We had an interview set up. For he, I was going to interview on his podcast, and mm-hmm. he never responded to the interview. And then I listened to his last podcast, and he said he was done doing the podcast. He didn't even respond to me. He did <laughs> tell me he wasn't doing it anymore. He's like, screw you, man. Oh, I, ain't, man. I ain't got
1: time for this crap anymore. Oh. <laughs> I got to go, go work for a living, yeah. you know?
0: All right, Jason, this has been an awesome episode, man. Awesome. Um where can folks Thanks. find all the different things you do, specifically the coaching, how can they get in touch with you? Because I know a lot of the people listening uh are uh, in need of that and I am in no you know, special internet disclaimer, I am not getting any kind of affiliation. I was not paid for this <laughs> podcast. I just think that Jason does a damn good job. And if you are asking yourself these questions, contact him. Jason, yeah. where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so uh, jasonblummer.com is just, you know, that's my site where I put all the stuff I'm into and the things I do. You, you can mench- reach out to me there to hire me there. Uh, we do serve agencies uh, through Blummer CPAs, dot com, And that's where we serve larger growing agencies with teams, and we coach them and kind of support their financial back end, you know, tax accounting software and payroll and all that stuff. Um, and Twitter Jason M Blummer uh and you know I'll talk to you there too so or well. you can you can even follow me on LinkedIn or what, what are you no be my no you don't be my friend on LinkedIn you you connect with me
0: sorry you need to get on you now you need to get on Snapchat and start doing yeah,
1: right. <laughs> yeah my, my kids my teenagers are on Snapchat they would laugh at yeah. me so I
0: probably I probably won't add another social platform sorry uh, uh, that's great uh, everybody else mattreport.com mattreport.com slash subscribe and again I promise that we'll be sending out some emails this year and not just leave you hanging so there is some value coming to the email list I promise uh, leave us a five star review and iTunes, that would be awesome, and help us get found, and help us beat out our our guest here today on iTunes. So that'd be great. <laughs> <no>? <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.